no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side Side stories. stories. (laughs) Yes. Man, I had a dream last night that we were recording uh, an episode of last podcast. I don't know why I'm dreaming that. Isn't that the worst when your dreams are just your job? Yes. Isn't that the worst? I honestly, I like spending time with you boys, but you know, uh, yeah, definitely. It's like right back to work because we had an accidental day off yesterday. So it was like, I felt insane anyway, having an accidental day off because I was like, what did I fuck up? What did I, (laughs) what am I missing right now? But in the middle of doing, we were doing the show and I said something on the show and Marcus started seizing. And we were like, whoa, whoa, Marcus, what are you doing? Whoa. And he went, oh, feel sick. And we're like, what's that? I was like, is it me? Did I say something disgusting? And he goes, and he starts choking up this like fucking like pink, like little guy. It's like nude, like, like, what weird, does like, it mean? like Pat. Like, you remember, um, oh, not, it's Pat. Pat. You remember Pit Pat? Is it from Mr. Show? No, the, Pat the was SNL. Not Pat. Oh, not, okay. It's Pat. But it was called like Pit Pat. Okay. It was something, it was like a spokes thing. It was a sexless, formless spokes thing from Mr. Show, and it slid out of his mouth. And going, <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking sweet. Well, I was laughing the whole time while we're doing it. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. This is great podcasting. This is yes. great podcasting. Well, if there's anyone out there that knows how to interpret dreams, please email us at sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com. All right, everyone, this is Side Stories. I am Ben, hanging out with my boy Henry, as always. And we uh, cannot wait to be hanging out with you all this weekend in Vancouver, Seattle, and Portland. And if you are in Vancouver, get those tickets. Uh, There's still a few available, and it's just going to be an absolute hoot. So get those tickets, and uh, we will see everyone there. Uh, we're in the uh, we're in the good part of Coover this time too. Do they call it Coover? I don't know if they call it Coover. It seems a little. I mean, I kind of like Coover. I'm Coover. Coover Thomas sounds like a yeah. f- football player. Coover Thomas sounds yeah. like a cool guy with the saxophone. Yeah, yeah, it does. No, I don't think they do call it that because they're not as like their names are like they have different nicknames over there, kind of like over in the UK where they kind of add like a ibbly dibbly. To things, I'm not really certain, but I've heard <laughs> a lot of their names are more like, it's just like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It has to have some kind of, it has to be a little bit sillier right, than just right. the coup. Of Honestly, the coup sounds pretty cool, so we cannot wait to see everybody there. Uh... Thursday night. It's going to be very exciting. I also want to say um, it was wonderful to meet everyone. You know what I did this weekend, Henry? Uh, yeah, I do know what you did this weekend. You went to Las Vegas. <laughs> and I found out that, um, man, that is tough for me to handle. Yeah, But buddy. it was a lot of fun. You're going to die there, man. <laughs> I hope not. I think, dude, okay, so seriously, Las Have Vegas. Have you ever seen Leaving is- Las Vegas? Yes, I love it. I love it. But the highs and lows of Las Vegas are simply incredible. So I saw people have the best time of their life. The people watching was incredible. And then I saw people having the lowest moment in their existence. And the saddest thing I saw, 3 o'clock in the morning, a man openly weeping at a slot machine. 
openly like weeping like he just lost a family member and the saddest part of all it was a 25 cent slot machine oh my so God. he just i don't know what happened i think he said i'm gonna let it ride and let it, it ride and it rode away from him and Yo, he probably cool. just uh 75 cents I flipped it up to a fucking, flip it up to a buck fifty. Yeah, man. Get the buck fifty, flip it up to three. All I gotta do is I get the three over the roulette table. I'll let that ride, buddy. I let, feel it now. I'm feeling it now. I don't care ride. what Deborah says. The, uh, the amount of times you just hear a slap on a table followed fuck. by fuck, fuck. <laughs> like it was, oh my God, it was incredible. But it wasn't just a pleasure trip. We also have some big news coming up here. We're going to be starting a wrestling podcast because people are like, start a wrestling podcast. And that's when I was down there. I was down there to watch AEW's all or, or double or nothing. And it was awesome, Henry. So and- yeah, it was a big old quotation marks business trip. You went and you, you, met, you met your new co-host, which we will reveal soon. And you guys saw some and it was like a business trip that happened to last like four days. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, no, at one point, I literally texted Marcus and Henry, and I was like, guys, like, we're going to Vancouver, which is on the West Coast. Like, maybe I should just stay in Vegas because it's we're close. Like, no, you should come home right now. Like, honestly, you should actually get on a plane to New York City right now because you're going to fucking die there. Vegas is just, I feel like it is still the one place I've ever been to that it is just the people watching is vacation enough. Oh, my just God. Just the different stories from back and forth of all the different, again, it's the highs and lows. It's so much good drama. It's a lot but of good drama. We are really excited for this new podcast. We don't really know. You don't really know what's going to be. We don't know what it's going to be just yet. But I know that it's it's wrestling. Yes, it's going to be called Kind of Fun, the LPN Wrestling Podcast. And I think we're going to focus um, because my co-host has a lot of insight onto uh, up-and-coming wrestlers. There's so much going on with New Japan, AEW. So I think we're going to focus on the world of professional wrestling in a much larger scope than just the WWE. Uh, and we'll, of course, we'll talk about the WWE because it's also kind of fun. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, that it fucking be- better be. It better be. It better be, or I'm going to get up. I'm going to put the strap to you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Am I back in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. I, uh, that did not happen in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had that happened to me in New Orleans. I paid a woman. Um, basically, what happened? What had happened was that I was there alone in New Orleans, and I ended up with a group of bachelors at a bachelor party as like the ninth man on this bachelor party team because uh, I was sitting there alone drinking. So they absorbed me to their party, and then they just paid this woman in the street many many dollar bills to whip me. And I didn't realize I was in a blackout. I didn't realize I woke up in the morning covered in welts. It was great. And then I had to shoot a movie. Uh, I might have told oh, the story yeah. before, but it's great. Um, Maybe. Kissel, can you hear? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is that? It's not a UFO because UFOs don't make noise. <laughs> this story exploded like a Scirocco from the desert yesterday from the New York Times. Disclosure is coming. Yes, it might be soft disclosure. So it's kind of like if you invited me over to your house and I was wearing a fake set of muscles Ooh, underneath my shirt on the yeah. beginning of our date. Right. But then I was like, you know. Jillian, you're really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really cool too. I can't believe you took enough time away from the gym to go out on a date with me, Henry. That's Jillian, yeah, Jillian. talking there. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Jillian. 
I got something that I gotta tell you because they'll like you. I think I think you'll like me. Yeah, what is it, Henry? Is it just you afraid that you're gonna have to eat too much protein in my presence to keep your <laughs> muscles all cut? No. This is a soft disclosure, Jillian. And then I pull off the, the muscles that she sees my body, and then she's stuck. And she's stuck. Because it's hard to find a man in your mid-30s. Uh, well, I don't know if that's true. I don't true. know if that's true. It seems I don't know like if that's true. there was many, many available men out there. But. Yes, yes. Uh, but the soft disclosure is here. So I say okay. soft disclosure because the Pentagon still has not come out and said... We know what these are. We have an alien craft in one of our hangars. Right. Eisenhower's still alive. He's getting blown by a gray. We don't have any of that. We don't have that evidence yet. Yet. Okay. But we have a new article done by the same trio that wrote the original article in December 2017 revealing the existence of a program called ATIP, which stands for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, and revealed the video of what became known as the White Tic Tac video, mm-hmm. uh, which shows a a thing looking like a like a giant sugar cylinder. Kessel, remember that bit from last week? <laughs> uh, flying through the sky. And a bunch of pilots going, what the fuck is that? But a new article done by the same trio of reporters, Helene Cooper, Ralph Blumenthal, and Leslie Keen, has further revelations of why the U.S. Navy has decided to revamp its entire system mm-hmm. for ta- for registering sightings with the right. U.S. government. And it is it is just, so we are fucking here, bro. Okay, we are fucking so here. We are in it, dude. We are in the middle of it. Now, obviously, there are some people who are going to be skeptical, as always. I'm, I, You know, you got to put on your skeptic's cap. Um, I'll fucking shoot you in the head. Whoa! Not No, it's a bulletproof skeptic's cap. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. You can't, nah, I shouldn't threaten violence. You can't get through that. Um, but it does seem interesting. There were some people speculating that this is all Tom DeLonge, former Blink-182 uh, <laughs> singer and uh, and what, what, guitar player or something like that. I don't know what people do. Um, but they're saying Tom DeLonge is setting all of this up in order to promote his new show. And I'm just going to say. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't That know. is a fun idea. It's a fun idea to think that Discovery Channel's rollout would include a full front page <laughs> spread of the New York Times. I wish. If all the other basic cable channels had that like adult swim right. to be able because you know how we because this year for season four you're pretty face going to hell we had pope francis come out and call me gay which i thought was really really nice of him to come out and, t- and yeah because like, you know he's 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 roasting me it's fun now that i'd love to be gay no of oh absolutely i wish he was correct how'd you get um, pope francis on board what do you have to what do you have to give that guy in order to uh do promo for your pretty face is going to hell Let's say I have a hard drive of pictures. <laughs> blackmail. Yeah. All yeah, right. Dude. And there was um, a lot of blackmails in those pictures. Oh, interesting. Now, what we have here um, with this story is a it is basically testimony from a lieutenant by the name of Ryan Graves. Oh, yeah. Who's a pilot for a thing called a Super Hornet. Ooh. Which looks cool. Yeah, of course. I fucking love all this shit, man. Yes. So this dude, he was in the Navy for 10 years, and he's actually here, um, he's here quoted saying, 
Uh, these things would be out there all day. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires significant amount of energy. With speeds we observe, 12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we'd expect. There's so, a couple of good sources on this. that I, I, list this, I was listening to a podcast by Jeremy Corbell who directed the Skidwalker Ranch documentary that we covered when we did Skidwalker Ranch this year with a man by the name of David Fravor who was the one who saw the Nimitz tic-tac-toe UFO event. That was the pilot that tracked that UFO. Okay. And he said up, up, it's... What they are seeing is shit all day long. Crazy. That these flights, he's like, if you spend enough time on the sea, he's like, essentially, I mean, besides just seeing shit, God knows what you, I mean, you know, drinking torpedo wine. I don't know what they're making <laughs> in the basins of a submarine. But I don't know. I guarantee you there is definitely one guy, though, who everyone's just like, hey, Rodney, could you just tuck it again and just walk around, just prance a little bit? I don't know what happens. I toured one submarine when I was in um, San Francisco with Brooke, and there's not a lot of room to run around there so i don't know no, what it makes goes you, on it makes you super horny and that's what happened look at my father and shot me out i was one of his fermented seeds in the back of him <laughs> that made this they made this monkey you see before you uh, but he's saying so basically they're seeing shit all day long like so th- this is a part of where they're trying to figure out a way to normalize what the hell it is that they are seeing and to figure out a way to, t- to talk to their superiors about it because right. David Fravor says that with that white Tic Tac, when they saw it, the first thing it tried to do was it tried to jam their signal, and he hmm. said that is a that is officially an attack against the U.S. government. Really, this, if if you ping a craft that you don't identify and it does not bring give you a call back, you're supposed to go. You have to scramble, identify it. And essentially, quote unquote, help it land one way or another. Like you're supposed to guide it to a near airport to figure out what the hell is going on, or you're supposed to blow it out of the sky. So this thing, they track it for a little while and mm-hmm. attempted to dr- jam their radar, and then it flew away. But back to Lieutenant Ryan Graves, he was saying in a, in a uh, fucking a story that is absolutely compelling. He said that he almost hit one of these things while uh, on a test run. He said the pilot and his wingman were flying in tandem about 100 feet apart over the Atlantic east of Virginia Beach when something flew between them. And the only way that he could describe it was that it looked like a sphere encasing a cube. This thing flew in between them. And he said, again, it stops, turns on a dime. And what seems to be the term that a lot of these guys seem to say is that speed doesn't kill you, stopping does. They're like the whole huh. thing is that this it's not the like you're you can go as fast as you want. It's not gonna do anything to your body besides the G forces. Right. But it's when you stop, especially if you stop fucking cold, all your guts are gonna splatter. All right, I just wanna caution I just wanna caution everyone out there. Maybe you are on a cocaine bender right now. Do <laughs> not quote Henry. This is about this is about traveling. This is not about the drug. Because I know for a fact, day two of a cocaine binge, I'm sure someone's like, Henry said the speed keep doesn't going. kill you. It's the stop. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> they are correct though, in the same t- in the same way. Yeah. Um, now, of course, there are some people who are skeptical. So just uh, senior astrophysicist Leon Golub, he was quoted uh, in the Times saying there's so many other possibilities. He's like, maybe bugs in the code, which is kind of scary to think the Navy has like a bunch of bugs being like, oh, there's a ship over there. But there isn't because they are heavily armed things that I would what hope is that they would get that right. You see my hand? What is it doing? I see what Grasping. it's 
at straws. I see. Straws, and of course, straws kill turtles, so don't grasp at those straws. I, Leave the straws I, alone. I hate this. I know. Uh, bug, <laughs> so he's like, ah, there could be some bugs in the code um, for imaging or display systems. He's like, atmospheric effects and reflections. Near, And then he also says, neurological overload from multiple inputs during high-speed flight. So um, sure. his explanation yeah, is, if you that- fly, you go crazy. That, there's that, and the machines kind of go crazy, too, because you're flying at a high speed. But the thing is, it's happening all the time. And it's different when you can lock onto it with your targeting mechanisms. That's what they're saying, right. is that they're locking onto these things, and then they're following them. And then shit like this, where Ryan Graves is seeing it with his own fucking eyeballs. And he right. doesn't know what to say, because we actually have a good letter from a Marine that I want to cover real quick that's an immediate, that it really dispels exactly what we're talking about. Also, I asked the question on uh, last podcast on the left, which branch of the military drinks the most? It turns out it is the Marines, but technically that is the Navy. And I'm just going to put this out there. Is it possible these naval pilots are hammered? Is it possible? I think it would be difficult, but I do appreciate them getting loose before a flight because it's a little difficult that there's a lot of pressure. I know it. It's got to be difficult to fly a jet plane. Mm -hmm. So I imagine having a couple under the belt. It allows you to really have some fun. Well, absolutely. And, of course, if you're uh, you know out there to perform a mission that may, rely, that may um, uh, end up in the, with the death of tens of uh, people, maybe you want to be a little hammered for it. Well, we got a bunch of, like, the Navy's the biggest drunks. The Marines are the biggest drunks. But the one, I believe, is from a letter from a, a lady named, by, goes by the initial K, who is a dancer in Hawaii, who says it's definitely the Navy. All right, there it is. We can um, trust her. I trust her. Uh, But this letter from the Marines, I think, kind of spells out a little bit more of the problems with uh, being a pilot and trying to talk about the fact that you almost hit a sphere encasing a cube. Uh, So according to N, I've seen two UFOs in flight. The first was a white cylinder while out at sea. I saw it for maybe 15 seconds hovering above the surface. Then it dove in the water without a splash. So at that point, though, I was working for 16-hour days at sea, so I just figured I was seeing shit. Okay. The second was while I was doing training in the mountain ranges between San Diego and Los Angeles. Flying straight when one of my pilots noticed a big boomerang-slash-triangle, all-black-shaped object appearing to fly in the opposite direction at us. We figured it was just an Air Force jet or something without lights, and that air traffic control had fucked up. We changed our course to avoid hitting it, but as we came abreast of it, we realized it wasn't flying, but hovering and rotating to keep orientated at us. It was a bright night, and we had night vision goggles on. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen it because it had no lights. But essentially what he says, he's like, I never talk about it because it's like you either let it ruin your life and your military career or you don't. I think the same type of person who's willing to put the time and effort into flying for the military isn't willing to throw all that away over the stigma that's associated with UFOs. The world's coolest job that I work regular 14-hour days, you can't just give it up because you saw something and it's ultimately inconsequential to you. Wow. With Tom Cruise, and I like this term you give, his last, his last little sentence. With Tom Cruise, you've given up smashing Kelly McGinnis and playing shirtless volleyball because he saw something weird for 15 seconds once or twice in his career? I don't think so. Of course, that's a Top Gun Tom reference. Cruise would have, though. I love it. And Top Gun, um, I'm going to say this, and this is might be, you know, this is going to be a classic, controversial Kissel comment here. Hot shot, hot shots. 
I'd rather watch Hot Shots than Top Gun. You, that is not controversial. I really? Think for here, for side stories, for side stories, that's canon. Okay. For me, yeah, I feel Top Top Hot Shots is much better than Top Gun. Okay. But Top Gun is Top Gun's. If you like steamy dudes, though. <laughs> Top Gun is the most straight-looking movie that really is just to see men with tight buns almost oh, yeah. kiss. Well, and Val Kilmer, of course, he was he was the main character there in Top Gun. My buddy got to meet him. He actually signed, I think, one of the first copies of Willow for him, which was pretty awesome. But Val Kilmer, he's got the thing in the throat now because he had throat cancer. Yeah, now but, he knows like this. Yeah. Like this. Which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's a new thing. It's a it's, cool new thing. It's fine. Yeah, it's not bad. So we hope that Val's doing all right. He looks okay. I just yeah. miss, you know, that's why I've always said this. I don't want my celebrities dead. I want them fat. Because when they're fat, they're happy and they're healthy. Like big old chunky Val Kilmer it seemed like he was just living his best life, and now he's all thin and gaunt. They have one good picture of him that I think was memed the hell out of it, which is fat Val Kilmer looking back and smiling. I think you can find it. It's pretty good. It's good. Look up <laughs> fat Val Kilmer smiling, and it really is. It's nice to see. You know what we were also talking about, too, and I, f- I forget his name. Maybe if Travis can chime in, if he remembers his name, the lead singer from The Cure. Uh, Robert Smith. Robert, Robert Smith. Smith. Yeah. Robert Smith is a man that um, he is really comfortable Yes. With what he looks like now. I love it. I love it. Very comfortable. We should all we all need to aspire to be Jack Nicholson eating a sandwich on a yacht with no shirt on. Yes. With the two hot babes. He's (laughs) two hot babes sexy. Well, he's covered in fucking mayonnaise. Um, It's the (laughs) ultimate power move. I fucking love it. It's just Um, ridiculous. Anyway, so back to this story, just so just just to close it out. Okay, close her out out. We are we are really in the golden age of UFOs right now. Uh, Jacques Vallée also had, he was recently on Coast to Coast. So I, oh, okay. You do not care, so I'm not going to try to impress you with this. It's very I, impressive. I, you, do you remember remember one thing I've said about Jacques Vallée? Jack Vallée? Yeah, Jack Vallée was the guy. Wasn't he the one where he taught you how to work out with just a chair? If you're I, a little bit older, you can, actually gonna, do, you can actually work your tries and I'm your buys with- I'm going to jump sh- through the tubes <laughs> of the internet. I'm going to get into that office. No, I, uh, uh, but Jacques Vallée yes. uh, was the one. He's the proponent that UFOs are a psychic display. Psychic display. He's, He's my favorite. See? One of all of them. Yeah. No, he's See, a proponent that it's a psychic display. Yes. See, look, wow. You see, you yes. learned. Um, but he said recently, he was like, one cool thing he said that I thought was very interesting. We said, like, because we were talking about why does the Air Force not see as many UFOs as the Navy? And it seems that the Navy has a lot more opportunities to just be observant. And also the U.S. Navy has a 360-degree purview where you're seeing mm. in the ocean, you're seeing up, or when you're flying in a plane. And I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't fucking know, but this is what he's saying, and I said that made sense to me. Also, we had a lot of people who recently said that we are giving a lot of credence to the uh, U.S. military, saying that they're good at observing things. People saying, well, have you ever actually been a member of the military? Obviously not. So I don't really know, and a lot of people are saying you're giving them too much credit, but I'd like to give our boys some credit and our ladies. A little bit of people protecting our country. A little credit for those people, sure. Protecting the country. Not against domestic or foreign threats, but against extraterrestrial threats. Honestly, that would be really fun. Unless the call's coming from inside the house. Oh. And these are things that we are creating. I still have a super 
theory. I have a I have an overarching theory about UFOs and the military that I'm saving for our Rendlesham Part Two episodes that I'm like working on how to verbalize. All but right, we'll stick we, around. Again, we are in the begin. We are in the middle of something that is like this is like a, a culture change that we obviously have been trained very well by the U.S. government and the media to not care about. All People right, have said, and though even just his. Terms, even like when we were talking with this, when the Marine in his letter was saying that how you're seeing a thing that is of no consequence to you, why would it let it ruin your career? Which I totally understand for them. Of course. But for, for the rest of us, this is like an opportunity if we want to sit and think about how reality is not as simple as we'd like it to be. All right, there it is. We'll keep you updated on all things UFO related. Um, Okay, well, here's a story that I really wanted to cover almost as much as Henry wanted it to cover, uh, wanted to cover UFOs. Uh, This is out of Washington. A man, uh, a man allegedly hiding drugs in his butt accidentally shoots himself in the testicles. Uh, So a man who shot himself in the testicles was found to be hiding not uh, cocaine or crystal methamphetamine or fentanyl. It was marijuana. So where is this that he felt the need to to smuggle weed in his butthole? My understanding is this is in Washington, but I'm also 100% sure Washington has legal weed. So I don't know why this man decided to do this. His name was Cameron Jeffrey Wilson. He was carrying a gun in his front pocket uh, in Washington state when the firearm accidentally discharged. Uh, The bullet pierced Wilson's testicles and then went into his thigh. Upon arriving at the hospital, a doctor was operating on the gunshot wound when a balloon of marijuana slipped out of Wilson's butt. Oh, God, what an asshole. I think he just wanted to keep it there. I don't know. Police arrived at the hospital and searched Wilson's car where they also found a bag of meth. I Mm, think that you should hide the meth in your butt and you can leave the weed in your car. had something to do with it. I feel like the meth had something to do with the fact that he felt that he had died. <laughs> of fucking Boy, weed this guy's having. A, I feel bad for this guy in some way. It's he's having a rough go. Um, so yes, the man's troubles did not end there. Uh, Wilson, he's also a convicted felon, was being processed in the Chalan Chalan uh, County Jail. He was strip searched, and another balloon of marijuana came out of his body. Uh, Wilson I, has pleaded not guilty uh, to second degree felon. Uh, felony in possession of a firearm and unlawful <laughs> possession of meth. He also pleaded not guilty to possession of a cold uh, of a controlled substance in a correctional facility. Um, so there you go. That's just kind of an interesting thing there. Um, Good for him, man. I yes. mean, so he's in jail now. Yes, he is. And I do want to say the editor's note at the end of this. Uh, I'm on Fox KTVU. The editor's note is, this story initially reported the man accidentally shot himself in the penis. He actually (laughs) accidentally shot himself in the testicles. And that is truth in journalism. That is truth in journalism. The the fourth estate is still strong in this country. The war on journalism hasn't taken out this local Fox affiliate. Um, so anyway, Cameron Jeffrey Wilson, uh, you know, best of luck, buddy. I mean, I guess, uh, my goodness, again. I just, mean, he's, uh, I mean, I mean, he did, he might be fucked. He probably is. Yeah, well, I think, I, um, again, it's the methamphetamine that is the much higher, much higher crime. It really is truly, it, it's sad 
You know, because uh, meth, from what I've read about meth, is that it's not like the, it's not like the, the way the the, the people talk about it in the movies or the way no. you see it in commercials. Like it's not just like playing heavy metal guitar till four o'clock in the morning. I mean, it is, but it's it not be. just fucking for five days and like stealing from your grandma's house and like stealing her pancreas medication and boiling oh. it down and selling it on the street. Whatever that bitch does when she ain't looking. Oh yeah, my yeah, goodness. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what happens, vi- grandma. You get got. You get got, grandma. All right. Well, she's a very but nice woman. And of course, when be. you are on crystal meth, I've never done it, but uh, when you do jam out on uh, playing guitar or whatever until 3 a.m., you think you're rocking, but that's anyone the- who's sober is just like, they're just hearing like, like the worst. I like my solo slow. Slow hand. No, because they said that he, um, that meth makes you feel super confident. And yes, it's more like, a, I've got my shit together. I've got this, buddy. I've got this. It's like you become an Instagram inspirational post. You become mm. live, laugh, love oh. when you do methamphetamine. But. It just doesn't last. It takes more and more for it to do it, and then eventually, again, yeah, you're picking, you're eating the scabs off your own face, oh. and you're living underneath a uh, freeway. Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, congratulations, by the way, to anyone. This is kind of a strange thing to segue here, but we have a lot of people who have gone through recovery, and yes. congratulations to all. And I'm sure Honestly. That Henry's description of what that drug is uh, is uh, not going to entice anyone to do it. So I think we're, <laughs> I think we're doing okay making sure we don't advocate people do crystal methamphetamine. Honestly, um, I, I yeah. really do. Go- we actually receive a lot of email people who say that they, uh, they have been going through recovery, and I'm sorry that we can't be examples of a sober lifestyle, but I I am happy that we are here to entertain you. Yes, when you're not feeling so hot. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, at some point we'll join you. We're all I mean, getting old. <laughs> we're going to be told by a doctor. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. what's going to be happening. One, Every one of us is going to. There is going to be a thing that you're going to be told not to do. I mean, uh, it's obviously the BLs. Yeah, Me, I know. I think that mine is going to be, I'm going to have to go to some exhaustion or meditation camp. Like, I have to go to, I have to go to like a stress fighters university. I should listen to our own ads and get that calm.com bullshit. You should, yeah, you I should. I was looking at it, and it's like, it is fine, but the problem is a lot of it's being like, you are calm. Can you feel how calm you are. Meanwhile, it's just me listening to it, like, cleaning my sniper rifle. And that's not how it's supposed to be done. You should be cleaning your armory while listening to Calm.com. No, that's the, yes, Whitman may have been calm as well. I don't know. He was super calm. Um, If you just check how how, how fucking in the pocket he was, uh, he was was all the way there, but he had a brain tumor. Yes, and there was, Uh, yeah, and actually that is true when it comes to snipers. My head, in the military. My head. That, all that shit. I think we covered that on our Spree Killers episodes like fucking six years ago. I'm pretty sure we actually have a Spree Killer here story in a second. But uh, that is true with snipers. You do have to really calm your slow your heart rate down. I don't know how they can do it because I would be quite nervous. Um, and then you can then you're then you're able to hit the target. I feel like you got to be a type of person. You have to be a type of person to be a sniper rifle guy, be a sniper. Uh, Hey, if we got any snipers, please send us emails about your fucking most premium kills. That'd be kind of sweet. But obviously, that's also, it's a lot. It's a lot for our listeners. Sometimes they don't like to brag about their kills, Henry, because they maybe didn't get into the military to just do that. 
No, but this is I'm farming our listeners for the best stories, and for me, right. I just got. Wa- I sat and watched all three John Wicks on Sunday. Like yeah. I walked, I went all three. Then I went to go see John Wick, and man, it just wants makes me get a fucking suit, man. I want to get a suit and just do the because Keanu Reeves also knows how to hold the gun. You keep the elbows he's in, cool. man. It's like he's sweet, dude. Keanu what? Reeves fucking killer in that movie, man. I just watched the first John Wick for the first time ever, <gasps> and I you didn't lucky realize bitch. the whole the whole revenge theme. They just I don't want this is a spoiler, but I think the movie's eight years old. Um, they killed his dog, and then he yeah, just he- murdered a bunch of security guards. Yeah. Like I'm you you just came into my bar and start shooting it up. I'm not even a bad guy. I love dogs. I have a dog. And he's just like pop, pop, pop. And yeah, it, just, is. it was great. The whole movie was awesome. to revenge his dog. And I love it. I mean, I love it's it. It's the best. I felt the same way. Well, I sat watching it with Wendy, and Wendy was like next to me. And I remember just like I was like, I was petting her and being like, Wendy, if anybody ever hurts you, your father's gonna do the same thing. He's going to go and systematically destroy every single one of them and every one that they are connected to. Yes. And she just looked at me, and she knew. Oh, you think so? Oh, she knew. Great, yes. That's why I'm going to get there. Once I get my crossbow in, um, once I could get a, a solid crossbow sponsorship for the podcast so we can get a discount because they're two grand a piece. And Ooh. that says that I have to, we need to have more area for yeah, me that- to have the crossbow. Yeah, I think a backyard, some land might be good so you could shoot it um, as opposed to just attacking the slime that's in your neighborhood with a crossbow. This is really, I mean, I could this neighborhood watch phase you're going through could end in total destruction. It's going to end how it's supposed to end. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, no matter what, that is the truth. Well, uh, but you, I want to do quick update. Yeah, quick let's update. do it. I was completely correct. The, the crossbow murders were a part of a cult activity. Uh, it turns out there's, a, there's not a lot of information out about it yet. Well, let's go but, through a little bit. Can we remind the audience what happened with this crossbow murder? So it was three total people that died, right? And it was a person. Five. Five total people. So okay. it was three people in a hotel room. Right. All di- two died of crossbow shots to the head and chest, and one with a self-inflicted crossbow bolt murder, and then two That's right. uh, in the uh, in a, one of the women, because it was a man named Torsten W., 53, uh, holding hands with a woman named Kirsten E. They were both impaled with arrows lying on a bed, and the woman, Farina C., that was accompanying them, was found on the floor of the room, and she had shot shot herself in the chest mm-hmm. with a crossbow, which is okay. fucking very intense. And then in Farina's apartment, they found two other people dead. Okay. Uh, which then they're not sure how they died yet. Uh, that has not been released. But it, apparently, it turns out, Torsten truly was a ringleader, some okay. form of cult leader, and that they said that when they arrived, his tone, the way they said it, apparently the person that uh, was the, uh, who worked at the hotel that they were staying at, because they did it, they did these murders at a lovely little Airbnb, uh, when they arrived, apparently, uh, according to uh, Alexander Kruger, they were almost submissive. This is the two women with Torsten. Okay. I had the impression that they are hardly allowed to talk to me. His tone was so harsh, strikingly harsh. Not the way you talk to anyone. It was a short, imperative sentences. And so all hmm. this shit is now kind of rolling out 
Uh, and then oh, Rolling my. Stone very funnily says, uh, but in the meantime, we're going to need a podcast about these folks. Uh, <laughs> um, which <laughs> makes me want to shoot myself in the head with a crossbow. Whoa, all right. Rolling Stone coming back, aren't they? Um, all right. Well, there you go. A little update on the crossbow story. Um, let's see. But, I mean, there's really nothing else. It just seems to be it was all within Torsten's medieval weapon shop. Because remember he said that we had yes. a medieval weapon shop, which is also, if you see the pictures of the inside of it, it's pretty, pretty wonderful. It is, it's just like various crossbows put on the walls, a couple of Rosicrucian style like flags mm-hmm. with the Rosicrucian cross on them, and then several lady mannequins with blood splattered all over them. I, a weird 12-year-old's dream, I guess. I honestly... Um, let's see. Think about this. He had two women. He was a master of women. I don't. You know, I don't think I like women to be free. I want my women to be free. I want them to to make their choices. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. By the way, at some point we should do a little Nexium update um, because the stories coming out from that trial are really disgusting. Keith Rainier does, you know, I don't, I'm just going to say maybe he didn't have the best interest of the people in mind. What? Um, I know, I know. So what we have next is, we're going to call him like this, we're going to, to vaguely celebrate this person. I don't know if we should. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, we, we usually do Hero of the Week, and that person really, truly is a hero. This week, we're calling it Problematic Hero of the Week. So this dude, he is a, uh, he, he uh, so this man says an intruder broke into his house. Now, what usually happens, they steal stuff, maybe hurt you. This dude evidently just cleaned the man's house and left. So a Boston area man came home from work with his son to find something amiss. He thought that maybe they had been robbed, but upon further inspection, he discovered that nothing was missing and his home was sparkling clean. Nate Whoa. Roman, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. Nate Roman lives in a single family home in Marlborough, Massachusetts. Roman told CNN he left work in the morning on May 15th and came home from picking up his son to find the door was unlocked. This is a quote. He says, my son said, dad, dad, the door is unlocked, which I have done once every blue moon and didn't think about and didn't think anything about it. But when we walked in immediately, there was a vibe that something was wrong in the house. He realized that someone may have been in the home because a door he normally keeps open was firmly shut. Roman then went upstairs to check the rest of the house. He discovered his son's room, which was a wreck when they left in the morning, was neat as a pin. He found his room in the same pristine condition. The rugs were vacuumed. Everything was neat and put away. So naturally, he immediately called police. What do you think about this? Because it is kind of funny that, um, that like the home invader went in there and was like, I'm not going to steal from these people. Look how messy they are. They obviously need some help. It is highly problematic. Um, I would say it's close to gang stalking in a way. I don't know what this is. In my mind, first thing that keys up, and it's not just because it's early and I'm horny. Mm-hmm. It is because I view this as a vaguely sexual act. You think um, so? Yes, because it is coming to someone's home. It's taking total control of their home um, without them knowing it. It's coming in and and uh, almost BTK-like. 
Mm. viewing yourself as superior to these people, cleaning their home, and then leaving. So no signs of burglary? Nothing was stolen? No signs of burglary. There's no suspects. This is according to Roman, again, the man whose house was cleaned. No crime happened. Nothing was missing or damaged. So the police have very little to go on. Also, the dude's security system was not set, so cameras would be activated when the alarm goes off. So they didn't get any pictures of the intruder. The timestamp on the door sensors indicated that whoever was in their house stayed there for about 90 minutes see that, that is to like, me is ooh, it, that's a part of me that is that to me is insanely frightening i think that that's the part that kind of makes my skin crawl the most being really like, because most because i was watching i love those where i watched a uh burglar talk about his, like a professional oh yes professional burglar yeah. talk about his like his strategies and like how you can avoid having your home burgled and he basically said you're the goal he's like my goal is to be in there for three minutes he's like right. i any time longer than that i'm fucked he's like i'm trying to come in i'm trying to get the shit i'm trying to leave and it's really the people who linger because right. imagine what's going through this person's head they're walking through your house. They're imagining sitting and watching television with you and your family. Oof. They're looking at all your pictures. They're looking through your kitchen. They're looking at all yeah. this. They're looking through your trash. They're looking through your bathroom. They're doing all this kind of stuff. There's something about this that's so personally violent. Right. Past just we're robbing you. Well, honestly, that uh, is, Henry- it's vaguely fr- it's frightening. But again, I hate to clean. This last, I do too. This last detail might prove your point about this being a sexual thing. And this is certainly the creepiest part of all of this. Uh, again, he was in there for 90 minutes. How long does it take to clean a bedroom? You know, maybe 30 minutes, two bedrooms, 60 minutes. Well, he also spent time um, making roses out of toilet paper. And he I, left those in yeah. the bathroom. The detail that made him realize that was probably the work of a professional. His theory is that a cleaning service came to the wrong address, but his kitchen was untouched, which makes him second guess his suspicion. Is that I possible? I that think this- that is completely impossible. You I don't think, think so? I, absolutely. Absolutely not. I don't. No one comes if it's vague. I guess you could be so scared of your bosses or so scared of people that would hire you to come over to their house. Like, I could see why, I guess maybe you would, uh, like, work clean anyway, even though nobody was there to let you in, and you didn't have keys, and it's obviously not the address, and they weren't ready for anybody to be home. Right. Normally there's, like, a text or something being like, hey, we're going to be in this house. Like, are you home? Like, we're about to start. There's like something like that. I don't know. Right. Well, I will say the the they're uh, just trying to owner, make themselves not scream. The owner of this house is taking everything in stride. He said he's moving past the ordeal, but he did keep a toilet paper rose as a souvenir. Oh, so, get rid of it, you I, fucking creep! What's wrong know. with you? That's why I'm saying problematic hero of the week because no, like everyone is just like, huh. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? So hopefully this is not a sign of something much worse. And hopefully it is just um, maybe someone on crystal meth who cleaned his house so well. He said, you know what? I've got the gift of cleaning. And I got to fucking do this again. (laughs) I got to do this again. (laughs) Um, All right. So that is this week's problematic hero of the week. Let's see here. So we got to wrap her up. 
Um, I Again, thanks uh, for everyone that I saw there in Vegas this weekend. Cannot wait. Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, come out and hang out with us. We get so lonely on the road. Um, so it's going to be it's a so lot lonely, of fun. So cold. So lonely and cold on the road. Yeah. Can someone come and please wash me feet? Oh. Come in the wash me feet. And remember, Vancouver, if you have the VIP, if you have the VIP ticket, Kissel's going to give you a little kiss. He's going to give you a little I'm Joe Biden. I'm not going to do that. He's I'm not going to be Joe Biden. Biden. He's going he's to kiss you the little back of your ears and tell you how smart you look. Why are he's you doing that, kind that of to stuff. me? No, Because Mike. this is what they paid for. I this don't is what the think... people paid for, Kissel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, and I want to remind people, and I'm going to put another post about this. We're having a Relax Fit last podcast on the left this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Incentive Rental Shimp Part 2. I just want to I want to put this out there full transparency. This we are going to try not to drop these relax fits in the middle of series anymore. Like we don't we don't really want to do that. But unfortunately, because of the timing of the ending of the book, we need this time right. for Marcus's brain to finish the book. We're literally finishing we are the there. second edit of Almost. the book. Yes. So, we are these these relax fit episodes are purposefully positioned in the schedule yes. so the Marcus can. But once this is done, we will not be dropping a relax fit in the middle of a series ever again. Yeah, That's a part of our, because we don't like ruining the timing. And also, I don't like you having the way for the conclusion of Rendlesham. And I can't wait to talk about it because I have a lot of bullshit that I, have, I am ready for <laughs> to talk about this this year. Because this is when it really gets silly. Yes, awesome. This, okay, this yes, episode. absolutely, guys. And, you know, so everything, you know. You know what? We're just trying to do the best we possibly can. And, yeah, as Henry said, this book... It's it's in its we're in the third trimester. We're nine months in. It's just it's got to be delivered at some point in the very near future. So um, it has to be. And you're going to love it. Honestly, the book is so good. Marcus found a way to make me read a book because I had to read every single chapter. And you know how angry that made me. Um, But it truly is a phenomenal book. And so you guys are just going to absolutely love it. And it's as in-depth as you would hope. Um, because I had my book idea, you know that what my book idea was the fronts and butts of serial killers. Yes, we would have pictures of the and fronts, butts pictures. <laughs> yes, yes. and then we would make jokes. Wanted. Yeah, but maybe that's our next book: the fronts and butts of serial killers. But all right, everyone. So thank you all so much for your support. Uh, we will keep on trucking, and you do as well. Um, all right, I think you have to say your triple L thing at this point. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to uh, end the show. Sometimes I do. Sometimes you know what I'm going to say is I'm going to say triple L. Live it, love it, love it, laugh it, live it, love it. Well, Get it? Six, Got it. That's a quad. That's a six tuplet L, I think. Six tuplet L today. Wow, my. Yeah, well, you know what? Get it. My my serotonin levels are so shot with my trip to Las Vegas. I needed that little sucks sex tuplet uh, triple L. No, that tuplet sucks. T- <laughs> uh, oh, am I back in Vegas? What's going on here? His family. <laughs> Remember saying, what was his name? The Osh Fritzel. Fritzel. That was, that's oh. called pulling a Fritzel when you have sex with your own family to make another. Joseph Fritzel. Did we ever cover Joseph Fritzel? Have we covered we him? We did. In- a long time that ago, we a did long- a Sex Dungeons episode. Oh, that guy that was we- nasty. No, we still haven't. We- one day we'll do a full... Ugh, I'm going to say deep dive. No, no, that one's that dude. Well, anyway, you can just do a wiki deep dive on Fritzel and you'll you'll feel gross. Um, All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. Are you dying? There it is. See, see everyone on the road this weekend. Can't wait. (laughs) Hopefully Henry's still alive. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.